0: set of circumstances that led to me serving as director with uh, my dear friend uh, Don Walker passing away uh, earlier this year. And uh, so it wasn't with pleasure. We've been going through an awful lot of, uh, a number of transitions, and this is still relatively new to me, the uh, directing, but we have a great staff. We have wonderful people to work with. And we also have a great eldership that keeps their finger on the pulse of things. And uh, I look at myself as just an extension of their, of their outreach. And so I, I, send, uh, I give you greetings from the church at Southwest in Austin, Texas. I wasn't raised in the church, but there's one thing I can be pretty sure of, and that is that every congregation... I've ever had any association with uh, believes in evangelism. Whether we're good at it or not is maybe may another, another matter, but we are uh, sold on evangelism because that's what the scriptures teach us to do. Jesus himself, in the what we call the Great Commission, said to his disciples, "All authority hath been given unto me in heaven and on earth. Go ye therefore and make disciples." of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And of course, the good brother read from Romans chapter 10, and how can we do that unless someone is sent? I just wrote an article for one of our gospel papers on hearing the gospel, uh, thinking that that was probably the starting point, but how can they hear unless someone is sent for them to hear the gospel by means of And in conjunction with our responsibility to preach, I would say that we are all probably convinced that we need to train preachers. We need to train people to preach, whether it's on the local level in the congregation and the elders and the preachers uh, take it upon themselves to train someone and give them the opportunity to speak. Uh, We believe that people need to be trained. And that's probably because we've heard the results of people who haven't been. So there there does need to be some training involved. So I'd like to draw your attention to 2 Timothy chapter 2 for a moment. 2 Timothy chapter 2. If you were to read the entire letter of 2 Timothy, I think you'd find that chapter 4 verse 5 summarizes the, the contents of the entire letter. Uh, it's a great way to try to remember the contents. In verse 5, Paul writes, As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. I would encourage you to read the entire letter and see if that isn't the case. That that one passage summarizes much of what the Apostle Paul has to say to the... Uh, Uh, to the young evangelist, Timothy. And uh, so let's let's think about uh, preachers for a moment. A number of years ago, I heard a, a sermon on tape by a good friend of mine, Wayne Jackson. And Wayne was presenting a lesson on why preachers quit preaching. And one of the reasons he gave for why preachers quit preaching is because Uh, They are viewed by some young men as the star of the show. That's not a very good metaphor uh, for us to think about preachers. Um, uh, Brother Jackson said, imagine a young man in the audience and some older gentleman with a three-piece suit. I've not seen anyone in a three-piece suit in a long time. But someone in a three-piece suit has a gold watch draped from one pocket to another with the." pocket watch in the little pocket in his vest, and this young man is watching this man man get up and uh, enter behind the pulpit, and he thinks to himself, wow, this must be the star of the show. And it doesn't take long before he gets involved in the work to find out that is not a good way to think about preaching, because... There's nothing about being the start of the show that's appropriate to preaching. But there are three metaphors that um, the Apostle Paul uses in 2 Timothy chapter 2. So I'd like to read that for you. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. And see if you can can spot the, the metaphors Paul uses to describe the work of a preacher. What does he compare the work of? of a preacher too. Uh, You then, my my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ. No soldier gets entangled in the civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hard working farmer who ought uh, to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Did you spot the three metaphors that Paul uses to describe the work or to compare, uh, to which he compares the work of a preacher? The first one, of course, is in verse 3 where he writes, share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. And the point he makes here is that a good soldier does not entangle himself in the affairs of this life, uh, which is uh, quite a challenge. I've had a number of hobbies throughout my life, and I've noticed uh, slowly but surely that I was becoming entangled in worldly sort of things, worldly affairs. Uh, at least I was getting uh, approaching close to it with uh, people who were not members of the church, were not Christians, and did not worship God, some of whom did not even believe there was a God. But they were great artists, wonderful artists. So I had to back off. So do not entangle yourself in the affairs of this life. The second uh, analogy or uh, metaphor is an, an athlete and an athlete not being crowned unless he competes according to the rules. And the third metaphor is the hard-working farmer who ought to first share in the crop. So uh, very much unlike the metaphor of, of a, uh, the star of the show, Paul says that a preacher ought to be more like a good soldier and an athlete who lawfully contends and the husbandman. We could add to that list perhaps the idea of a servant and the idea of a messenger, one who who is proclaiming the word of God, the good news, which is what the gospel is. So let me suggest a couple of reasons why we should be training preachers, and then I have a presentation here to show you um, uh, based on the school, provide you a little bit of information about what we're doing in uh, Austin, Texas. Here are a couple of reasons why I think we should be engaged in training preachers. Number one, by virtue of Paul's instruction to Timothy. Read 1 and 2 Timothy and read Titus. And notice that Paul is giving instruction to these two young men on what their obligation or responsibility is or should be to themselves and to the church, to the word of God and to God himself. Number two, It's a way of of helping us, helping the church to fight the good fight. A few months ago, uh, circulating in some of uh, our public media, uh, Facebook and all, was a brief video presented by a Muslim woman who said in no uncertain terms that their goal was to convert the world. This Muslim woman said the goal of the Islamic faith is to convert the world. Isn't that our goal? Are we not to be doing everything we can to convince men, to persuade men by the terror of the Lord? Paul says, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Is that not a responsibility of the church to persuade men to embrace Jesus as King of kings and Lord of lords. I think that's the gospel. Someone asked me the other day, how would you summarize the gospel? Well, your God reigns. That's how I'd summarize it. That's how Isaiah summarized it in Isaiah 52. Here, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized is the response. That's the appropriate response to the good news. The word gospel means good news. Euangelion is the Greek word meaning good or well and news. So what is the news? It is that Jesus Christ is now ruling and reigning at the right hand of the throne of God. Do you recall back in 1 Samuel chapter 8, the children of Israel came to Samuel the the prophet and said, "Uh, give us a king. And he was very upset by that. And he he was uh, disturbed and the Lord said, do you remember what the Lord told him? Give them a king. For they've not rejected you, they have rejected me. Now, in my memory, that's where I put the period, until I went back and reread it a few years ago. They've not rejected you, he said. They've rejected me from being king. So God was rejected by his own people as being king. Well, do you know what Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are telling us? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are telling us that God is reigning as king again through his son. That's the good news. That is precisely what put people on the cross in the first century. It wasn't because they were living good moral lives. It was because they were presenting a treasonous message in the first century. Because in the first century, Caesar was Lord. And what was the the church going around preaching? But... The statement found in First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3, Jesus is Lord. Do you see how antagonistic the message of the church was in the first century? So number three, the reason we should be training young men and old alike, but especially the young people that come to the school, most often they're young, is for the sheer delight of it. I cannot tell you what a pleasure it's been the past two plus years, to be a part of training young people in the church. I'm not saying that we are getting the only cream of the crop, but we are getting a lot of the cream of the crop in our schools of biblical studies. Young people who are willing to dedicate two full years of their life to engage in what I would consider a Not just mental, but spiritual boot camp. And we'll talk about their load in just a moment. Number four, the reason we should be training, all of us of course, but training people in a school like we have at Southwest, is found in Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. Do you remember Paul writes, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God which is your reasonable service, and be not fashioned according to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove, let me paraphrase this, that you may prove that God's will is good and acceptable and perfect. We are transforming the mind, transforming people who are coming there by the renewing of their mind, by saturating their hearts with the Word of God. One of the great things about Southwest, in my estimation, is that we our goal is to take people through every line of Scripture from Genesis to Revelation in two years. And then number five, if I may suggest, there is a personal dimension that's missing in Internet-type studies when a person comes to, to a school like Southwest. Now, I'm all for Internet studies, and I am a big fan of World Video Bible School. And uh, I don't say this to boast, but to let you know how much uh, I appreciate their work. They've invited me to teach a number of courses, and I'm thankful for the opportunity I had to be a part of that work and to know that I could still remain in Chino, California for all those years and still do work in other lands by means of the Internet. Uh, World Video Bible School is reaching thousands upon thousands of people every day. It is a good work. But there's there's an added dimension to a school like Southwest where one-on-one we're able to see the countenance of the faces of the people we're studying with. And uh, they can ask questions, and we can respond to their questions. On a few occasions, I've even had a few students in my office, and I told them, kindly and with love, if you were my son, this is what I would tell you. And I've had to correct a couple of fellows a couple of times because of their behavior. Several of them went out of my office with tears in their eyes. I didn't like that but I felt it was necessary. So we're, we're training people one-on-one in uh, opportunities like that. All right, so let's see if I can get this to work here. Um, it's on. I was supposed to click the one with the little green line on it. Turn it off. Oh, there we go. Okay. So, uh, as you can see on the overhead uh, above me, this is a two-year school. Someone once asked if we had a, a um, crash course. I told them, this is the crash course. Two years. Two full years of training. And uh, Notice the primary goal is to train uh, train preachers. We also have uh, uh, people attending the school whose primary goal is not to be a preacher. Sometimes they leave preaching, but their primary goal when they enter the school is simply to equip themselves to be uh, better Bible teachers. I know when I left the phone company back in 1978, it was not to preach. If you had told me back in 1978 I'd be here standing before you speaking, I would have thought you were crazy, because it's just not in my nature to, to stand up in front of a crowd. You know, public speaking is a pub, uh, American's number one fear. You know what three is? Death. Death is number three. Public speaking is number one. So our primary goal is training preachers. Um, we have a Christian Women's CWS program. That stands for Christian Women's Program. Uh, the wives, uh, if a student comes to school and, and they have a wife, then we have a program every Monday night for two years that they're able to attend and uh, they receive a diploma as well at the end of those two years. We also have a graduate program that not many have taken advantage of, but if they want additional training and receive a, an additional diploma, then they can sign up for that and it's a self-paced. Uh, work with two major emphases, one on early church history and the other on Christian education. Of course, it says sound biblical instruction, but that's what you'd expect me to say, wouldn't you? Sound biblical instruction. Gospel preaching, of course, is uh, presented. We have five different courses on gospel preaching, and uh, we're also trying to equip the students to serve. One of the classes that was introduced to the school two years ago when Brother Walker came in was a course we call Congregational Development. In the Congregational Development class, we are urging them to get out and meet the members of the congregation and to get out and visit uh, shut-ins. We're encouraging them to uh, just get out of their shell and to, to meet people they do not know. Uh, which is uh, we've seen a lot of uh, a lot of growth in in many of them uh, we also talk to them about uh, circumstances that preachers uh, run across personal experience stories and we ask them how would you handle that and then we tell them how we would handle it and um, and then finally we talk about uh, courses that we think would be of value or benefit to them when they get out into a work of their own This is a class with Brother Carl McCann teaching a second-year class last year. Brother McCann comes from Fruitvale, Texas, and he travels four and a half hours to get to uh, Austin, Texas every Tuesday morning, and then he returns home Tuesday evening. So we appreciate his efforts. And uh, of course, Brother Andy uh, travels from here to Austin to teach uh, an entire week-long class on uh, how to sing or how to lead singing, but there is a biblical exposition, biblical studies, biblical doctrine, and biblical training or preaching. We have five courses, as I said a moment ago, on on uh, preaching. We have a course on uh, topical preaching, one on expository preaching, and uh, pra- and practicum, several practicum courses. This just lists a number of the other courses that we provide at the, cl- at the school. They're hermeneutics. That's the uh, science of interpretation and uh, the science of biblical interpretation at the school. Uh, we, have, we have some great students there, of course. They have been vetted before they show up. And uh, Let's see here. These are just some of the students that have attended the school in the past. Our ladies, of course, are encouraged to attend the the women's camp. And uh, this is uh, just a picture of the students at uh, Focal Point. We take them to Focal Point. We take them to Fruitvale, uh, Texas every year for a... uh, lectureship that the second year students, male students, put on. And also if we have women uh, students, then they they conduct a women's ladies Bible class, uh, Women's Day. Not sure if that's working. Uh, Also this past year we were invited to Victoria, Texas, and uh, the students again conducted a uh, seminar. This is the a picture of the students at uh, Fruitvale last year and uh, this is a, a picture of uh, the students that show up each year for a program that we call Servants Academy. Servants Academy is intended to to help 14 year olds to 17 or 18 year olds learn how to study and to read scripture. And it started off with uh, I think Brother Rick Brumbach several years ago. We've continued it. Um, this this past year, of course, it's uh, it's it's got a ceiling of about forty. Uh, forty students, and we had thirty nine this year. And uh, when Brother Brett Gerhardt and uh, Brother Cody Westbrook came down into the Houston area, that seemed people seemed to be more interested in this than they were the school. Um so we have a cap right now in number of about 40, but uh, we're looking forward to increasing that cap and having other students attend uh, the Servants Academy. Parents drop their children off on a Sunday night, a Sunday evening service. They leave the students with us Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And Friday afternoon, we have a uh, banquet, and then the students are picked up by the parents and brought home. And um, it seems to be growing each year. And it's a great work. This is a picture of the Servants Academy from this this last year. So we have been in, uh, in the business of training preachers since 1978, I believe it is, uh, for 40 years. And we have over 200 graduates. Uh, one of your elders, Kerry Dwyer, and his wife and son are graduates of the school, and uh, so is Andy Baker. I'm not taking credit for that. Um, I don't think we can take credit for what people are doing when they get out of school. They're, they're doing their own work and putting their own effort into all of that. But if I may borrow from a principal in uh, 2 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul said of the Corinthians, because he was being accused of not, be, not being a, an apostle, that uh, met the grade with the super apostles, as they're referred to later on in the, the letter. Uh, the Apostle Paul appeals, one of the arguments he makes appealing to the, second, to the Corinthians is, is them. He said, you are our epistles. Do you remember that? Living and read among men. And so perhaps we could say that uh, in many cases our graduates are living and read among men and perhaps some of the training that they received at the Southwest School of Biblical Studies. This is one of our graduates also, uh, uh, Trent Kennedy. Trent was an instructor at the school for a short while, and then he uh, went to Singapore just this year to start working with the School of Biblical Studies there. We've had people from uh, Cambodia, I'm not sure I'm doing this right here. This is a brother from Cambodia. Uh, He's in the States now, but came to the school and uh, graduated and then went back to Cambodia and did a good work there. These are just some of the graduates. So if you would, uh, our appeal is to uh, pray for us, pray for the work that we're doing, and uh, encourage prospective students to take a look at the school and also to consider uh, supporting the school financially if you're able. And there are some ways you can support the school. Brother Cody Westbrook put this uh slide presentation together for us a couple of weeks ago. Well, anyway, I think that's about it with reference to the slide presentation. Uh, I am uh, more than glad to stay afterward and answer any questions you might have about the school. But um, to kind of summarize what what I mentioned at the very beginning, there is this work of evangelism that's very important in the church It's making known the manifold wisdom of God I've often thought uh, for some time now that the primary purpose for which we exist is to glorify God. I've heard people say that it's evangelism. The reason the church exists is to evangelize. That's one of the works of the church, but I think it's to glorify God. And the means by which we glorify God is through evangelism and benevolence and edification. Those are the means by which God is glorified. And so... I commend you for the work you're already doing and uh, upholding the word of truth in this con- in this uh, community. And uh, if anyone needs to respond to the invitation tonight, we, of course, want to make that opportunity available to you. Jesus in Matthew 16, 16 said, He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that disbelieves shall be condemned. So if you are in a situation now where you've heard the gospel, and uh, believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. That's the conclusion Peter drew on the day of Pentecost. And you're willing to repent, which means change, have a change of mind, and uh, confess your faith in him as the Son of God, and to be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. We want to encourage you to come forward now while we stand and say.